0: No Drama Theatre present Court and Call, a no drama podcast, episode one with today's guest, Shane Robinson. Topic, acting for the camera. Someone asked me recently if they should be an actor and um, I said if you have to ask then the answer is no because the only reason to choose that life for yourself is because you feel passionate about it, because you have no other choice. Never a truer word spoken. Hello and welcome to Court and Call, a new podcast from No Drama Theatre. I am Sean Coyle. On today's show, we will be discussing acting for the camera with Shane Robinson. As our members will know by now, our No Drama Shindig will be presented online through the use of film and video this autumn, which is a change from our regular live theatre productions that we produce in the Pierce Centre. The Shindig, for those of you who are new to No Drama, it's our biannual annual showcase night where our members have the chance to show off their writing, directing and acting skills. And as I said, this time around, we must do things a little differently. It's going to be a little bit of a different way of working for some people. But it's a great way to think outside the box and be creative all the same, while showcasing the creative talent of our members. And of course, the idea is to have general fun too. Some people find working with technology a little bit daunting, myself included. And it's a way of wrapping your head around it, and just relaxing, and again, trying to be creative, and create new and innovative ways to entertain. You may ask yourself, how do I work this? But don't get upset, it's not a major disaster. There's no need to say, damn that television. Certainly don't hide in the dark, or Shindig can remain in light. So we encourage all to get involved. The scripts we have are fantastic this year and it's going to be a great show. Shane Robinson sat down with me to discuss acting for the camera technique wise, as well as discussing ways to augment performances and the comparisons between live theatre and acting on film. Shane will also be discussing ways to just feel comfortable acting in a space in front of a camera. Today, we welcome Shane Robinson. We'll be talking to Hello. about acting for camera. Hello, Shane. Thank you for joining me today for First No Drama Podcast. You are very welcome.
1: Thank you for having
0: me. You're most welcome. Just to get things started, Shane, tell oh, yeah. us a little bit about yourself and your role in teaching for acting for camera and your background behind that genre.
1: Oh, I'll try to keep this as brief as possible, I guess. I found my way into film kind of by necessity, <laughs> so I was in my second year studying biomedical engineering in dcu mm-hmm. and i had one of those life eureka moments where i was sitting in the last maths exam and basically just looked around and was like i don't i don't think this is i don't think i need to do this with my life and had a, a complete impulsive gut reaction just to leave so mm-hmm. left did not know where to go as as you know you kind of find yourself in life sometimes. It, funny enough, was I was watching Pirates of the Caribbean, and I was like, that looks like a mountain of fun. <laughs> and I've always been into documenting like life. Um, I've always had a camcorder and like just made like home little movies, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like what most people do on YouTube now, vlogging and all that kind of stuff. But like sure. before it was cool. And then I just had this moment of like, I think I'm going to go study film. So I went off study film for three years and. In that process, I ended up, in front of the camera a lot, I ended up joining No Drama. I think it was the second meeting that they had. The rest is kind of history. I just became infatuated with like the process of, of, of making film and acting in general. And I think everyone has um, a very emotional, like a strong emotional connection to film. Like We grow up watching all our favourite movies. We learn our sense of empathy nearly to, to a lot of movies growing up. Sure. Absolutely.
0: And I suppose transforming into a character, I mean, it can be tough. Physical transformation is one thing, but there are some characters, you know, require skill and technique in order for the actor to embody them in a, in a convincing way. Do you think that is more prevalent in film than
1: on stage,
0: live stage perhaps? Or, or do you think they both even each other out? So
1: they're very different mediums in terms of performance and how you approach performance in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of theatre, like you know, as soon as you're whatever format the th- the show is, you're going to be in front of an audience to some degree. Sure. So you're constantly in a state of awareness of pre- being present. Um, See, so you, you kind of have to rely on knowing that character inside out. On, on film, it's the same same I- ideal, but there's a lot of stop and start. There's a lot of time in between um that moment of action and cut right Mm -hmm. so you have to load manage your your energy a lot more and you can fall into i think traps a lot more in film so like in theater you, you you get to live that world in a continuous linear narrative right yes in film in film you're you're kind of it's very choppy you might be doing the last scene first and the first scene last you know so you have to really know and have done your prep to to stay in a state of like play sure. so I, I, in terms of physicality um i think they're both it all goes back to prep if you're getting paid for a gig you're not getting paid for the day that you shoot sure you're getting paid to do all the prep and and that's the beauty of like the rehearsal phase or like in terms of film like you might only have like a week or two to, to make choices. So you get to just try on all these character traits, all these physical traits. But I think they're quite they're quite equal in parts, yeah. Great.
0: And how does this, you know, facing the challenge, I suppose, to put together a very detailed character and um, do you think it's it's technique or talent or drive that kind of keeps that character that helps build the character more so in a sense that is a technical so, base more so or, or, or raw kind of talent. Sometimes that could come across on a stage more so,
1: if that makes sense. So I, I think I, are you asking in terms of an actor or in terms of, so in terms in of, terms character, of an actor, like, from
0: an acting standpoint. Yeah.
1: Well, it, it depends. Like a character, if you look at it, like if you're, if you're, you read a piece of text and you're given this script, um, or you've written a piece or whatever it is, you have to approach it like, um. Okay. There's you, right? A lot of people think that becoming a character, you like you're becoming someone else. If anything, you're doing the opposite. You're allowing the character to become you. So it's more, like you can never change who you are, like your actual physical DNA, your, you know, who you are as a person. You have to bring that to the work. The prep is about finding what is this character's purpose? How do I serve this story? How do I serve the narrative? What is the requirement to make the audience relate to this character, relate, feel some sort of empathy in, in the story? So you kind of approach it more of a, I normally start internally. So it's kind of like, I'll just read the, the script over and over and over. I Because a, a lot of the traps you can fall into is to start wanting to perform the script straight away, mm-hmm. where it's it's better to like just let your subconscious massage the the text and, and and let all those ideas kind of like in a big cauldron just ruminate and then eventually you'll start to to really just embrace. All right, I think I really understand the jigsaw puzzle now sure like what 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 do i need to do to serve this story and you'll start asking your questions like okay what information do i need to get that character logically in my head like the behavioral traits what is what what are the little nuances that that will start creeping up and then the, the physical work starts creeping in of like voice work is really important, you know? And again, it's, it's completely regional to like, what is, cause like storytelling is, you know, there's so many different formats to it. Like, is it oh. fantasy? Is it, is it naturalistic? Do I need to go out in the street and interview, like kind of ask people questions? Do I need to, do I know anyone that's very similar to this character? There's like a hundred different ways to approach building a character per se. And it's completely unique to you. Whatever helps you, identify with the text i think is the best approach you know there's no one way of getting physically into a character but like, again workshopping and being a f- being okay with the fail like like, hate, sure, like sure. at every opportunity you get and if you fall flat on your face amazing you've learned that that's not the right choice so i think the whole thing the whole process of rehearsing is like really important about willing to fail i think that's the number one thing
0: i think that's the biggest obstacle people do face Uh, yeah personally i mean it's 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 the fear that creeps in i think there's a way to kind of block that out and kind of as you said just rehearse and know the part you can overcome it because um i think that's the biggest obstacle any actor can face on stage or screen on film
1: i think it even stems like forget about acting it's more just a human human standpoint absolutely uh, we want certainty right our brains are built our are, are like it's built in us to want a, like certainty we want an outcome we want to know the outcome so we can judge okay is this safe is this not you know we want to put everything into like a bracket of safety like you go into an audition you want some people will like rehearse how they're going to perform it true sure. because you want a certain outcome right like, you want to be in control sure. but unfortunately this work acting is is you need to really become comfortable in uncertainty, like really embrace the uncertainty. And that's where the the fun of it is. That's where the magic happens uh, is just uncertainty because your subconscious then can get to work rather than your conscious brain. Because like if you're thinking about, I'm going to go over here, I'm going to pick up this cup. um, You're not, you're closing yourself off to your environment and what it's really giving you rather than what you think it's giving you.
0: Excellent. No, I understand exactly what you're saying.
1: But fear, like fear is a huge thing and it just comes that. It's like we don't want to look terrible. Sure. You know? Sure, sure. You want you want to be considered oh, I want to be considered a good actor, I want to be considered a Absolutely. good but it's actually in pursuit of that is where the downfall happens. It's a trap, you know? Yeah. Where you kinda of have to like just allow it all to go and have patience and trust that if you've done prep, if you've done, if you've made strong choices, as soon as you get out onto that floor to act, you just need to forget everything and, and trust that your human instincts are are more than enough. Excellent. It's
0: like that old saying. I played a snippet at the beginning of the podcast of Barbara Streisand accepting an award. And someone recently asked her if they wanted to become an a- actor. And she said, well, if you have to, have to ask, your answer is no. Because why would anyone choose that kind of life for themselves? That kind of fear of the unknown and a constant kind of battle against it. But it does kind of make um, sense,
1: sums it up a little bit. And I I just, like, it's a massive uh, risk (laughs) and challenge. Sure. Such is life. (laughs) But uh,
0: we have the shindig coming up. And this Mm -hmm. year we're doing it a little bit differently. We're doing it on film for the first time. Now, normally, as you know, both me and you have participated in several shindigs over the years. We do it in the peer centre for some of our listeners who may be new to no drama. And we are doing it on film. So it's going to be pre-filmed this year. Five minutes long. Uh, director and cast will have it all wrapped up and we will edit it and we will stream it live on Halloween night from 7 o'clock onwards and we will have more details coming up for the Shindig on our social media so do keep an eye out on that but as I said this year is the first time we're going to be doing it on film and I think this way of acting on film may be very new for some of our newer members so if there's any advice maybe you could give to them just for necessarily about fear of acting and fear of failure that we've talked about just there but more so technique in a sense that like standing right the right way for the camera or or getting the right Mm -hmm. kind of lighting or the right sound for the camera presenting yourself in a way i don't want to say amatory but this is going to be only a five minute video so it's not going to have it's not going to be very complex i wouldn't imagine sometimes it will be a case of just having the right scripts the words speak for themselves i always say so if there's a really really good script if it is only for a small shindig piece, as a little showcase to kind of springboard an idea you have, or a piece of writing, or to showcase your talents, if you wanted to become more involved in filmmaking, any tips or advice for some of the newer members who who would be working with this for the first time, maybe, and how to go about yeah. making something creative, fun, and yet substantial?
1: Film just has like unlimited potential to, you know. But again, it it always relates back to right. What is? Why am I making this piece? what is the purpose of this piece so you have to serve that so maybe it's a story is it a love story is it someone who's heartbroken is it you know and then you kind of work from a the- thematical point of view like what is the question that i'm i'm asking the audience right mm-hmm. so is it do we talk to each other enough you know so you might be doing a piece about someone stuck in isolation and they just want to reach out but they they fear that people I don't know we'll judge them too much or or, you know just pick a simple question you want the audience to to ask the audience and then whatever your writing is about then you kind of can structure how you're going to shoot it a little bit easier sure so it can, even if you want to go completely absurd, like your piece is about an orange stuck in a fruit bowl and it wants to become, it wants to get outside, you know, and you yes, can yes. you can do voiceover. So like, there's so many different routes, the possibility of of using your camera as a storytelling mechanic or device. So like, if you're acting to camera, the number one thing is to be seen, right? Yes. You need to see. We need to see what's going on, otherwise we just, we won't, we, it's very hard to relate to someone unless we see your eyes. So I think from a human point of view, your eyes are number one, right? They're really important. Unfortunately, not a lot of people are going to have lights, you know, the right type of lights and stuff to shoot. So to counteract that, like always oh, try shoot as close as you can to a window. Yeah. Keep it simple, like really simple. Like you probably only need, like people are going to have to edit this themselves, right? Yes. Um it can it can, go, it can go it can it can go south pretty quickly if if you're not technically savvy about sure, it. Sure, well, sure. Um, we'll be
0: offering help. Now we won't be editing it for them, but any advice or any help, we will be all hands on deck and we'll be helping people out. Yeah. Um, Even, so as I this think is we'll, new for a lot of people, so we're not expecting people to come into this yeah. completely <laughs> fresh off, yeah. off the, the a batch.
1: You know, like oh, I remember people. my my first film was abominable, but I'm so happy I made it because you learn what not to do. But yeah, even even just one take, maybe, you know, you're holding your camera and maybe just talking to the camera. Sure. Kind of like Blair Witch style. I like it, yeah. Yeah. You know, the the number one thing acting wise or technique wise is yeah, just don't be afraid. A lot of times when people press record, they think, Oh God, the whole world is watching this. Sure, yeah. And your anxiety can start to kick in. So the way to counteract that is is kind of just you have to own your environment in a way that, take your time, I guess, as well. Allow yourself to be seen. And, and the beauty about film is, like, it's quite personal. Like, you can be really, you can create quite intimate pieces. Whereas, like, theatre, the te- there can be a, a tendency to externally perform, over, go a bit over the top. Right. Where here's a really nice moment to, to do a lot of internal work. Just let yourself feel and try to tell a story that's personal to you. In terms of tip, audio is another one. Like bad audio. People just will tune out. Sure, sure. So okay. definitely make sure keep note you're that speaking. F- yeah, because um, it's, it's you know it's, it's hard because like people probably don't have all the right technical equipment, but you can you well, can come clear. with some magic. Yeah, you can come with some magic. You know, with, yeah. with with just a good idea, a strong idea. I'm excited to see what people come up with.
0: I'm very excited myself to see because the scripts are fantastic we've received. So it will be yeah. interesting to see them portrayed on on film I keep saying it is going to be film I mean it's a visual aspect of a theatre piece that we are doing it's not going to be Steven Spielberg stuff but I mean it's going to be interesting the writing alone is fantastic so I'm I'm interested very interested to see how it's going to be Is it a
1: lot of monologues or is it
0: It's a bit of a mixture we have a couple of monologues we have a couple of real kind of comedy pieces I would say Comedy
1: like, don't want to away too much,
0: but, and then a couple of dramatic pieces yeah. that are that are quite quite visual. It'll be interesting to see how they're portrayed. It'd be also interesting to see. It's almost like a little demo of a yeah. film. If if it could be if it could be extended out later on, if the person was to go with something and do something about it, and maybe make the story longer, or some of them are adaptations from people stuff people have written. Yeah, an excerpt of a scene. So it's going to be very interesting to see if something could come from after after the shindig if they pursue it further and make something more <laughs> of of a um, elaborate short film or. or or do something different with it the scripts we have are fantastic so it's going to be very interesting to see how it, it works out and the shindig is always go 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 it'd be it'd be not it's it is different it's a very different way to look at it and kind of say okay mm-hmm. put it together differently and maybe make the flow differently it's it, it just it's the same same format but just a different art form i guess
1: yeah i always found um just back to like maybe structuring your your piece and how you can shoot it it's like think of it as photographs like if you can place like say like 10 photographs that are like relaying the beats of your story, right? Mm-hmm. Like say it's a wide, wa- say it's a wide shot of you sitting at a table and you cook closer to, you know, over the, like you writing on a piece of paper and then it cuts to your face, reading mm-hmm. that information, you know? So like you're, you're, you're relaying small bits of information. And then after you've kind of storyboarded, it's a good way to kind of think about it, like do a little, snapshots of each frame that you want to shoot and then if you can cut like most of I know when I'm when I'm filming stuff it's like I overshoot things and then in the edit you're always cutting to tell the story as not as fast as possible but a lot of um, film can tend to be self-indulgent and something that could be two minutes is turns out to be 10 minutes long because like oh but I really like that or it's harder for my... your baby,
0: so to speak. If you, yeah, remember, it's uh, really yeah, content, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so be ruthless with yourself, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but that's the. Uh, yeah.
0: Because I remember reading a very interesting article one time, and it was basically about getting to the point, literally ASAP, because it went on to say most actors, whether they realize it or not, are trained for stage. All of the famous methods and techniques were designed for the stage, not the camera. So these methods carry with them certain assumptions. For example, most methods presume a long rehearsal time gives the actor a chance to explore text more so, and the character deeply forms with the help of a supportive director so i guess getting to the point as you're saying is is, would that kind of fall in line with what you've just said there about about the edit and kind of you can become self-indulgent
1: well if you think about it film and like visual is a visual medium straight and foremost right so a lot of script writers or screenplay writers are trained to for each piece of dialogue to have a purpose right Mm -hmm. if it's say a character a revealing behavioral trait for the character that says, okay, this person's insecure because they they maybe like pick at their hair a lot. And, right. you know, so these are traits that we want to the audience to be aware of. So when we get to the end that the character has, um, you know, crossed a threshold where they've learned something about themselves and now they don't feel as self-conscious because they've gone through this experience or they've learned something about themselves. So every every bit of dialogue, every shot has an intentional, there's a method, there's a reason behind it, right? Okay. Where is theaters over, not over, I don't want to say overwritten. You have the luxury of writing a little bit more because you can engage the audience in the room. Where film, people are sitting at home watching it, they can get distracted real quickly. Mm. So if you don't have if you don't grip them straight away in terms of um from the get go yeah if you don't you just let's just let them know straight away all right yeah. here's the problem this person's yeah. facing yeah or here's the here's the, the here's the drama or here's the the problem between these two people and then once you have them like hooked in a little bit you have a little bit of wiggle room to play and develop and then at the end you know just end on once you've hit your your high note or the point of it just get out you don't need to labor sure. or anything
0: so yeah that's it <laughs> great now that's absolutely it's very insightful chain join me in the second part of the podcast when i will be discussing acting methods for camera with shane robinson much further
1: i don't think that making films is fun
0: the fun is your enjoyment of giving a performance but the actual
1: doing of it has never been fun
0: well, Miss Betty Davis, no drama, and their autumn shindig are going to set out to prove you wrong. Welcome back to Curtain Call. This is the second part of my conversation with Shane Robinson as we discuss acting methods for camera. In this part, we'll be talking about letting the camera come to you and non-verbal techniques, as well as enjoying the work, but also enjoying the process of making film clips. I mean... <laughs> I've often heard the expression, let the camera come to you. Camera acting is acting without an audience, as we said earlier. So if you think about it, and although there could be crew members or people around watching you when you're being filmed, there's initially no audience present. So the camera is there only to record what happens between two people or three people. For example, we use two people maybe in a a very serious scene or an intimate scene. So You don't have to send the live performances anywhere, unlike stage work, where you would maybe have to project your voice or, or, or... focus on someone in the audience I don't know to distract yourself a little bit literally I think with that, with that expression comes from the camera comes to you you're not portraying it out to someone I guess
1: so a lot of the times um, I saw a great short film there recently um, called what was it I'm easy to find it was basically it's it's really quick it's just a story about this girl being born all the way goes all the way through her life in about 20 minutes Cool. But the actor, the actor playing the character from a baby all the way to death doesn't—they don't change, you know. Like, so she plays from being a she plays being a baby, she plays being a ten-year-old, whatever. It's like the and life it's cycle believable. of a woman. Yeah, but yeah, it's very believable, even though she's clearly you know mid twenties actor playing all these characters. Sure. But the internal rhythm, the internal dialogue is—it's—it's—you is, can just completely tell that okay, that's a baby. So you don't have to do much external work on film. You know, it's a lot mm-hmm. of it is, is allowing yourself to just, just to, to feel and, and having that patience to let the camera in. And um, like, like you said, cause I, I actually think it's the opposite. Um, I think a lot more people get stage fright for camera than they do live theater. Cause in live theater, that's interesting you, though, Yeah. You get to look at the other actor that you're acting opposite. And you know, if, if even if you're, Shitting yourself because there's like a hundred people in the audience and your mom's in the audience and your best friends there mm-hmm. or someone you fancies over there, all that <laughs> sort of shit all that's going on. Right? You're able to kind of immerse yourself in the set. You're able to immerse yourself in the other actors on stage, and you can kind of like trick your brain into believing your circumstances. Okay. You're on a film set, you like you said, you've got a boom up, you've got like the the costume department, the makeup department—you got the ads. You got the—you got like maybe up to thirty, forty people around you. Yeah, you know, and the set might be half a set, might not be real. You know, it might be green screen, whatever it is. So, and then the camera—like the, some people think of the camera like, oh, once someone presses record, this is getting captured forever. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So it's sure, there's, sure. there's that pressure of like, oh my god, this is there mightn't be as many people in the room in terms of live theater, but this is not, once it's, you know, captured, it's permanent
0: there. aspect of it almost. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We remind you forever. <laughs> so you kind of have to retrain your brain to kind of go, okay. Some people, you know, used to, used to preach that, you know, forget the cameras there, you know, don't be aware of the camera. And I think sure. that's, you're doing yourself a disservice because your brain is so aware it's there. You have to embrace it rather than hide from it. Of embrace course. Embrace it. Right. Allow yourself to go. Okay. There's the camera. There's the crew. Just allow them to be there, and then you got to take ownership of your environment. Right. Don't. That's the trap. You got to don't be a victim to your own environment. You have to take ownership. So the way that we kind of train for film is to think of your own brain and your own self as a camera. So sure. Look out at the world without judging, allowing yourself to judge it, and just kind of take in the information like you're recording it. Okay. So until you feel safe, until you feel like, okay, I'm just, there's no, I don't put pressure. I don't want to put the stakes too high for myself. So I'm just allowing all the information in. And then if you've done the prep, you can let that kind of do the work for you. And again, it's always, always about serving the story and what the, and giving to the other actor, allowing the other actor to affect you. Or if you don't have another actor, allowing the environment of the story to affect you right? Don't again, don't try to predict what you're going to do. Never. I think that's a, that's a curse that a lot of actors fall into. It's like, Oh, I thought this scene was going to be sitting at a table, you know, and then a director might go, actually, no, we're going to be outside in a treehouse.
0: Sure. So we change You thing. know, like, like, you know, yeah.
1: So you kind of have to be aware of how to use your environment to your advantage. Yeah. And again, I think just, again, the classic phrase of, less is more don't overcomplicate things just sure. trust trust your physical body like your gut feeling like your gut is your gut reaction to things is i think super important and i, I always wondered what that was about you know somebody say trust your heart trust your brain i'm like no your gut reaction to things is there's probably some super intelligent science behind it you know <laughs> microbiome <laughs> bacteria controlling <laughs> your your body but don't think about um, it. <laughs> yeah, don't think. Just have a gut reaction. It's like you know, even doing like this kind of like we're having a conversation. I don't know what you're going to ask me. I don't know what I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah, these are just sounds that I'm trying to make sure. to to uh, harness an idea that might be in my head. No, I got you.
0: <laughs> Any um, advice on non-verbal skills when it comes to acting?
1: Non-verbal skills.
0: I guess to define, um, I guess like the difference between acting for the stage and acting for the camera. Stage actors are kind of trained in two channels of non-verbal communication: the body and the voice would be two examples. However, yeah. what separates the on-camera actor from the theatrical actor is the on-camera actor must know the three channels non-verbal communication when they're trying to internalise emotion. So that would mean they're feeling it when in the body, in the voice, and in the face because people are going to see their face and the reaction. So some people are wired, or I guess, to internalise emotion, meaning they're feeling what they're feeling isn't being revealed, whereas there are externalizers who know what emotions look like but they don't connect to that intensity yeah. unless they have a lot of stimuli or a lot of um energy the same idea could apply to a headshot too i mean if you're getting the photograph taken it, it's about a reaction in the face and acting in the face because some people say they act with their face too much
1: especially so, their so eyebrows i remember when sense. i first yeah when i first started i used to get told all the damn time stop stop doing the eyebrow acting like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Eyebrow acting, my eyebrow acting. Zoolander. And then if you actually record yourself, you're like, "Ooh, expressive! Ooh, oh my yeah. god, my eyebrows! <laughs> then, a lovely eyebrow, Shane." Just... <laughs> well, thank you. I. So are yours. We should. We should eyebrow act together. Eyebrow friends,
0: eyebrow models.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um. So then I went the opposite route. I was like, "Okay, let let me challenge this idea." So if I do the same scene, where I'm. Consciously, not gonna move my goddamn eyebrows or my eyes. Like you know, I'm just gonna consciously do like robot face. You know, deadpan. Yeah. And then what I found was okay. One, I look like ridiculous because I'm not moving anything. There's no expression really. But I'm still kind of a little bit more relatable Mm -hmm. because you're not telling the audience how to feel. Yeah. So I got you. Had this director once. He was like, "Just say the words." I don't need you to express the words. I just need you to say the words. Say them, speak them. And subconsciously, when you say, you know, the words should have enough um, oomph in them that subconsciously you're going to do tiny micro movements that you're not even aware of. Yeah. The problem always lies in when you think, oh, the character's angry now, so I'm going to get angry, or the character's sad now, so I'm going to play sad, and and you can, you're trying to communicate. A feeling to the audience. And we can sense bullshit on that. We're like, okay, Bro. you don't need to tell me how to feel right now. You know, the classic phrase of like, if you know it's a cry scene in the script, it says X, Y, and Z breaks down and starts crying. If you try to cry on that scene, you, you're, you're going to fall into the trap again of yeah. commune, trying to c- express an idea to the audience. Whereas most people when they cry, they, they try to hold back the tears. They try they don't want to be shown as weak, right? True. They want to kind of like have their sense of pride about themselves. Like, no, I'm I'm better than this. I don't I'm not gonna give you my vulnerability, you know, and they try to hide it. Yeah. Um there's always that moment in film where you can tell when it's genuine because you can no longer fight back the tears and then the floodgates open and this real truthful vulnerability comes out. But you can't predict when that's going to happen the thing about the nuances of like screen acting is about allowing the internal dialogue come from a really authentic place okay and that comes again from the story it comes about the prep work it goes back to the research about knowing why your what your character wants knowing what the what your character's relationship is to your environment who the people are in that environment and how they can affect you you know something so simple as like, you might be just sitting there having a thought at the, at the dinner table and you look at a fork and then, and that fork you might remi- remember like, Oh, when my mother was alive, she used to always like scrape the plate with the fork. And they just always piss me off. And that might invoke a smile. Yeah. Do you know, because you're like, Oh, that's the, I just, I hate my mom doing that. And that's a genuine reaction to something that was just in front of you. Right. But because you've made these choices, you know, off camera way before you sh- you've shot, they instinctually just appear. Whereas if you're trying to convey you know what I mean? So the difference between yeah. communicating and expression, they're very different. No, I get you. Yeah. So again, it's just like this is more less is
0: more. Say to the less but, is more.
1: But if you're consciously doing less, you're it's the actor thinking about doing less, which doesn't work either. Cripples you right? Yeah. It's a weird process that yeah, yeah. it goes back to the uncertainty thing. You have to embrace uncertainty and be willing to, to go wherever your attention goes. Yeah. I yeah.
0: just want to talk to you a little bit a bit about dictation and maybe over-enunciation uh, yeah. in acting. They say over-enunciation is the enemy. And even if you're loud enough on stage, I suppose, you still have to speak clearly, reject your words and enunciate your words so the audience can understand you as well. But when stage actors bring this practice onto camera, I think it can sound like this kind of really, really, Focusing on certain letters or phrases, it can be very distracting, obviously. But uh, I have to remind, or sometimes people have to remind people that um, it's actually very hard not to understand someone if maybe they're not speaking English. So linguistics. If if they're speaking mush or mumbly or slurring their words, um, you just have to know how to let it go of being kind of clear with the dictation and with the voice. And with camera, I suppose as well, it all has to sync. And you were mentioning earlier on, uh, audio, if it doesn't sound good, forget it. (laughs)
1: film Phil- <laughs> linguistics of, of like i find it's fascinating of like i was doing an american accent workshop recently and you kind of you you break it down really technically about like oh they use before their l's there's like a u there's like a dark l and there's like a low sure. like ah oh, level and you, you 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 break it down really technical like to the point where you need to like spend a lot of time perfecting how the mouth and the you know where your ridge of your tongue hits and right and it's only when you record yourself speaking that you realize oh i have like i speak people always hate, you know, when you record yourself. Sure. I 100% won't listen back to this. You know what I
0: mean? Well, I will because I, well. I have to edit it. But, <laughs> 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 but uh, I'm on the radio. That's why I got, I came out with the radio. I really, really was uncomfortable and I hated the sound of my voice. I still do. Yeah. And I was on radio shows and the radio pieces all, well, pretty much since I was a teenager and I would never, ever yeah. listen back. Ever. Yeah. And it took yeah. me years and years. And now I mean, I'm in my early 30s now. And it's only in the last couple of years that I started listening back because I actually learned to appreciate it a bit more. And the more you do it, the more you become comfortable with it, even though I still hate the sound of my voice, but now I don't care. So it's just like, okay, ah, stop. I think I changed it you're, a little bit. Be you, you embrace it more, so I think as you get older. But yeah. If people did have a hang-up over that, I would say not to worry about it so much. Just, just don't pay, focus all your attention on, on the sound of your voice. It's the action behind it, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, well, a lot of yeah. We we always say in in acting, you know, listen to behind the voice. You know what mm-hmm. you can tell the little nuances of emotion well, that's you know comes from the internal. Like all, it if you you, you in, what sure. voice, what what a voice, what language is? It's yeah. it's just a way of communicating how we're feeling, right? Or yeah. communicating our ideas. And a lot of history. Your your own history is embedded in your voice. Like, so I moved to Canada when I was very young,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then moved back to Ireland, and then like moved to like Australia, and then you have all these like weird linguistic picks that kind of build up over the years. And then influenced by like American culture, you know, on TV, and then you start picking little twangs of that. Sure. And then then I grew, you know, you say I grew up in English, and you go, you know, and you start picking up all these little nuances of how little area speak and ireland's is is fascinating like you go 10 minutes down the road and you've got a completely different you know sample of 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 accents yeah um so i think i think in terms of voice and mumbling and things like that again always goes back to okay what is how is how can i help this character serve the story is this character come from how or if you have a speech impediment or you have a speech problem like you have like um things that you you don't feel confident in how can you implement them into the character to at least make it authentic and believable like maybe okay i'm going to give this character a backstory of they used to have like a large family and they need to fight for their words so they're very loud because they're like when i was a child I, I wouldn't get i wouldn't get enough beans because mm-hmm. all my big brothers would take all the beans unless i spoke up I'm like hey i'm not getting any beans <laughs> <laughs> and then that kind of those kind of traits kind of work their way into your everyday personality or over over time itself, yeah yeah and, and then that goes back to choices um i think the voice work is really important uh, and i know i i have to work on it so much because i do some voiceover work and when you start recording yourself and you're like oh wow i can't pronounce that word or i have a sibling s a lot of s's and then you really have to focus on yeah the p- pronunciation but again it goes back to you like oh does it work for film
0: you know? it could lose, if, you, if you focus on the word, so it could lose maybe emotion or feeling. That's what my understanding of it. Would or my take on it would be if if you yeah. overpronounce something, it really it just take away from the emotion of the character.
1: That's my. But it also comes down to ownership of your own voice. Like you look at someone like Alan Rickman or like any of the iconic voices, sure. Morgan Freeman, all of these very iconic voices, right? That yeah. is a hundred percent authentic. Them, they're just really embraced who they are and that voice yeah right it's not artificial in any way like you you know whereas if someone is trying to imitate one of their voices and it's not their own authentic voice then it's going to become you're going to call bullshit straight away of course absolutely so it's understanding your voice and how you can use it to your advantage and how you can manipulate it to to serve what the story is that you're 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 telling and what needs to be done um but nothing's better like when you find when you find a dialect that you you can jump into it can change your physicality you'll find like if if you talk really high all mm-hmm. of a sudden you're you know you're a little bit more bouncy or you go really dark and down and all of a sudden you, you know it completely changes how you physically sure. move um, yes. it's a great way always. to try and figure a way into a character yeah the problem is to go if you're going too much you know you can overdo you it always, and and yeah for an age films age. especially yeah, and then you don't want to have to do ADR and have to like the director going, "Hey, we loved your performance, but we might this scene was a little bit over the top, so we're going to just get you to do some dialogue replacement." Right, and then you have to sit there and watch like <laughs> yourself act for like four hours trying to mimic how you spoke. It's very hard but, to mimic and dub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dubbing, dubbing, like work is is the worst.
0: In the third and final part of Court and Call, I will be discussing with Shane tips on directing how to work well with a director, as well as setting the tone and the pace of a piece, and a general overview of what we discussed about having fun whilst working with film, writing advice and plans for the future. in The
1: theory is very simple. If you let it be known, or if you start fighting with someone on a set over something, whether it's the director or the other actor, if it can't be resolved on a professional level, then you're going to hurt the film, and you're going to hurt your own performance, let alone everybody else's. It will never be as good. The audience may never know, but it would have been better. Wise words from
0: the wonderful Jack Lemmon. Welcome to part three of our very first Court and Call. The conclusion with my conversation with Shane Robinson discusses directing writing plans for the future a general overview of having fun and ways and tips to enjoy the shindig experience you mentioned adr directors any kind of brief tips for directors maybe for this year's shindig we focus a little bit more on actors up to now especially if people are going to be directing for the first time for shindig they might have directed for other pieces for other people in the past but yeah any brief just general kind of tips for the shindig like we normally do I
1: think um, so. So say say if you're d- even directing your own piece and you're acting in it, you know that's that's a hard thing to do because yeah. you're gonna have to watch yourself back. But my advice would be, you know, if you're doing something like that, is to do one take, one take for yourself. So like something that you wanted to to do, where second take the opposite and a third take. Where you do like um you just make a bold choice. I think sure. if you're directing another person or whatever, you don't want to be like, "Oh, just do it sad, like don't direct emotions and things aren't playable, like you yeah. can't just be more sad sure, um, things that do help actors, or at least what helps me is just reminding reminding people of the situation that just has has happened, you know, like what is the the tone? You're, of the start of the piece, like what are you coming into? Even like sometimes obscure things can help, you know? Like just in terms of pace, like just like, okay, that was great, but let's do the same scene, but this time 30% slower. Just right. a little bit. And not like you have to do everything 30% slower, like you're doing slow motion, but more no, yeah. like, let that sit. Like just let that idea of sl- more, s- just slow at the start, maybe and Then you'll find you'll find you'll find your own gravity. True. I think layering like all notes,
0: layering it around. Like it-
1: notes are just kind of takeoff points, or like you have to trust. Like working with a director, there's a lot of trust involved. You sure. have to trust that that director has seen something in the scene that they're trying to help you, and you have to. The director has to trust the actor. So that's this is going to be their interpretation of that note. Very much so. And it's all about just trying to find the truth of that moment sure and if you watch something back you can kind of tell if you're if you're you know if you're acting sure i know it's always a weird phrase it's like oh you're acting <laughs> you know but oh is that not what i'm supposed to be doing and it's like no like I, I, it's acting feel offensive. And there's acting yeah yeah, I, I've, yeah I've always had yeah. a hard
0: time There's the like, truth
1: and there's the truth yeah, yeah we're always in search of the truth but but how we get there
0: I guess what it means is to summarize, to summarize that more. So it means it's not fake or forced acting. Almost, it's a natural kind of uh, performance. If if there is such a thing, people
1: aren't going to feel a sense of empathy or relatability to a character if they can't, if they don't think it's genuine, right? So it all goes back to being genuine. And yeah, it can be quite acting, can be quite frustrating when people go, oh, "I just didn't think you were very genuine in that," and you're like, "What the hell?" I I yeah. was feeling completely. Myself, sure. Sure, but you have to trust that others can see something in you that you can't see because you're you're kind of driven by your own mask, your own ego, and that's always kind of going to be up and down that that process. So you got to let go of you know your ego and, and, and uh, yeah, vulnerability is a huge thing, and it sometimes can be really hard to get there.
0: Yeah, we're going to. I'll ask you a couple of more questions before you wrap up, Shane. No, you Your acting style.
1: My, me personally, me
0: personally, yeah, yeah.
1: If you have, I, 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 I yeah, style. I don't know about style. I would say <laughs> I, I follow my face a lot. Um, there you go. <laughs> the style <laughs> exactly. of failure. Uh, so I, I, I obviously I come from a, like improv, improv, improv background. So I love that the challenge and the absolute joy in the process of not knowing where I'm going. <laughs>
0: to help. just kind of a,
1: just kind of a lesson in life really yeah um so i love discovery like just that sense of discovery but as i get older and i reflect on kind of my past work i can see all i can call all the like oh shane what was that you're trying so hard there you were doing this you're doing that i wouldn't say pers- i have a style and I, I think i used to really love doing like physical theater when i started acting because i think oh. right like you have like this one sounds so I don't know, hope its own earth, But <laughs> Aristotle, Aristotle is like you know, a character is the sum of its actions, right? Yes. So, physic the physical behavior tells more about a person than their than their thoughts, right? Right. It's like you are what you do. Yeah. Right. So many people fantasize or think about things, where it's only until you put it into actual action, physical doing, that things become real. Yeah. So. So, physical work really brings out your animalistic traits. I remember doing an intimacy workshop with it una O'Brien or ether O'Brien. She works in London and she teaches like intimacy for on on, on set. so it's like we used cool. to do all these you do all these primal anim, you, you research animals so you kind of do okay, how do they move, how do they mate so it's all about your your sexual preference of animals and how they choose to mate okay. And you start doing all these movements and you, you just get this really primal <laughs> sensation in your body. Sure, and, sure. and you become basically what, you know, you turn off the human brain and you let the physical body take over. So I used to love doing that kind of work. And I really miss that from like since the lockdown of like physically getting in a room with actors sure. and moving.
0: Of course. Even your own great. workshops you used to facilitate were very much based on that too. They were always great fun. And
1: energy. yeah, there's a great yeah for Polish guy. The yeah, Polish guy from back in like the 60s and 70s, Jerzy Grotowski Probably butchered his name there, but um,
0: I know who you're talking to, about. Yeah.
1: yeah, he used to do a lot of cat work, like a lot of exercises about yeah. uh, round round robins and just physical movement. So it's a lot of contact based improvisation, and you get the trick. Like I used to use mix that with Meisner's work of like repetition. And you just get these emotional states that like are so primitive and there's no context to them. They're just allowing your body to react off its environment in a very like naturalistic way. Yeah. And and that was always my style for years. And then in terms of theater, I used to love be very physical. And it's only until you start doing film that you realize you have to do the same process, but then all internally. So I really love the simplest. I've I've tried to simplify my process as much as possible, and just trust that all of the all of the work is in the prep. Okay, and and then allow yourself. It's the classic phrase: like do all the rehearsals, and then if you think you've rehearsed, do more rehearsals. Because <laughs> as Rehears- soon as you walk on that stage or you yeah. walk onto doing someone says action, you need to forget everything you've done and trust that it's that it's oh. there somewhere. Yeah.
0: What about the future shane any interesting projects coming in the not too distant future for yourself some the,
1: the two i was cast in two films recently and both of them have been put on hiatus until this whole uh, dilemma is over dilemma is over so i'm i personally at the moment i'm just in a phase of writing so i'm trying to okay. gear up to direct my next short film excellent so have a few things in the work i can't really reveal too much but uh um, no,
0: absolutely because i'm halfway through a screenplay myself and as you said I've, i write more so as most people know but that's the only good thing about this downtime i suppose is that people have been given a chance maybe to kind of sit back a little bit more and think about some things and rewrite stuff and write new, new things and and focus on where we're gonna go when it's all over
1: yeah it's a lot longer process than i thought i started going i'm gonna write so much and then all of a sudden three months go by like, i've written four words yeah, the <laughs> but i have loads time. of ideas
0: yeah once you have ideas the ideas translate into words sooner or later very
1: um, self-reflective
0: basically before we wrap up just any kind of basic kind of even bullet point tips for the shindig both actors and directors i know we've covered them but we'll just even do a little recap maybe the five focal main points to just making a i don't want to say like a decent a decent piece but a well thought out and and structured piece that will be yeah for. i
1: guess okay so uh, one would be know know your a genre theme so have a clear outline of what you're making so is it a love story is it a drama is it a comedy if it's a comedy there's a tendency maybe even to go into sketch world so just make sure you know the world that you're trying to build two would be blocking so you think of a theater in terms of like blocking yep. think of film the same so like sure. think of it as a shot list write down a shot list in terms of like how you want to pace it. Do you start on a wide shot, do you cut into a mid-shot then get closer to your subject? And then what's the reveal? You know? So mm-hmm. just storyboard it a little bit. Okay. Three, three would be make sure we can s the, the visuals and the audio are as clear as you can phys- like you can make it as with humanly your, possible. your technical, you know, availability of what you have. So just like shoot beside a window, make right. sure there's not like a blender going off in the next room when you're recording that those kind of things. So just try and make it as technical. I love the same calls. <laughs> <laughs> and then four, if you are editing it, just make it as try make it as snappy and short as you can. Don't overlabel or, or labor it to your uh, best ability. And then five is have fun, man. We do this because it's make believe, like it's sure. it's meant to be fun. You know, have a, like, just enjoy the process. Don't overthink it and just allow yourself to have fun making it. Yeah.
0: Excellent. <laughs> wise words spoken by a wise man. Shane, I want to thank I... you for joining me today for our first podcast uh, reading. Excellent. Thank you for thank your, uh, you. lending your expertise and talking to us on film. It was lovely chatting to you. Hopefully we will meet in the flesh soon and be on stage again. And if not, you're going to come along to the shindig, I would imagine, online, at least, if you're not doing something. I
1: will 100%. I might even, yeah, definitely.
0: Excellent. Well, thanks again for joining me and for being my first guest. Very <laughs> privileged and very honored. And with that, I will bid you adieu. Thanks very much. You have been listening to Sean Coyle Pleasure. with Shane Robinson. This is Court and Call, the No Drama Podcast. And that was my conversation with Mr. Shane Robinson. Thank you very, very much for listening to our first podcast of Court and Call. We will be back in a couple of weeks. Keep an eye on the social media platforms for No Drama to see what's happening with our next show, who our next guest is, and what the next topic will be. In the meantime, I want to wish everyone who is acting in the shindig the best of luck. All of the writers who have submitted pieces, wish them the best of luck, and the directors as well. You're going to do great. It's going to be a fantastic evening. Nothing can come between us. Just because it's online isn't going to diminish the fact that you're all a talented bunch, and it's going to be a great fun night, and you're all going to do a fantastic job. Thank you for listening to and Call. This has been an old drama theatre podcast. We will be back soon. Thank you for listening, and I'll leave you with the wise words of Miss Jane Fonda describing that feeling when you are acting on camera, the moment when everything works out just perfectly right. Thanks for listening again. Peace out. And you hit your first mark, and all of the channels are open, and it happens. And it's like a plane taking off. You taxi, and you take off, and you become, and it's like a dance. Both with the with the other actor yeah. or actress and the camera and the lights, and it's this wonderful fusion of hitting your marts and and loving the camera and loving your co-star and the emotions are all there. and it's it's better than any lovemaking. It is just it's it is. it's the greatest thing in the world.